Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another sensational episode of the Pemberley Podcast. Woo! The last two weeks you heard us play Marrying Mr. Darcy with Diane Hutton and James Byrne Isaacs, and we hope you enjoyed those fun, dramatic episodes. <laughs> we had a very good time playing the game. Yeah. It was, as I recall, you and I were both old maids. Yep. <laughs> um, I ended up a little better off than you did. Yeah. Like, I think I, like, lived with an aunt or something, and you, like, I don't remember. I was, I had, like, the least amount of points possible. Wow. <laughs> And uh, yeah. Brent won out because yeah. he, he all along he like he was Emma and he wanted her to marry Mr. Martin yeah and he succeeded and Diane won overall though. yes she so. like won but I think Brent won in his heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad though that our guests you know came out on top yeah. and they won you know it's fine that we lost badly you know like winning can be fun yeah i hear you know not that i've like done it before but um yes. maybe we're not good at the game then i uh, know i know i'm not because like this round definitely one of the games i played with you yeah i, I like did not have enough yeah what is it characteristics uh, yeah to snatch any man it's sad. <laughs> I didn't have we gotta plan these things out better I'm, but yeah yeah if you want to play that game if you had as much fun listening to it i'm sure you'd have as much fun playing it so you can check it out Mary Mr. Darcy it was a lot of fun so with that we're gonna go into the books that we're currently reading Jillian what are you reading right now well this is a book that I actually read like months ago and I'm finally excited to talk about it because it is now published because you want to explain why sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have, so for my job at Frolic I um I get advanced reader copies of cool. like month like books months in advance and so we'll read them and then the rest of the world reads them like in the fall or in, the, in this case in the spring and I read this over Christmas break and it's just like it had me like this is a <laughs> book there are a couple of books that are in my possession that I like force on all my friends and I'm like if if we want things to talk about in the future, you must read this. Like, I did it with you and the Kiss Quotient. Yeah. Um, I think I've done it with the Hating Game, too. And this is called Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. It's just an amazing, amazing book. So it's basically, it follows the um, son of the president of the United States. His name is uh, Alex Claremont Diaz, and his mom is the president. And he has kind of had this long-standing rivalry. He's, like, 22. He's, like, in his senior oh, okay. year of college at yeah. Georgetown. He, like, wants to go into politics. He, like, wants to, like... He's, like, a born... Like, he's good at being a politician. Like, he's good at this. He's always had this kind of long-standing standoff with um, the Prince of England, Prince uh, Henry. And, like, there was some moment between them when they were teenagers. And from then on, they were like, I hate you. Yeah, well, I hate you. And then uh, he gets invited to the prince's sister's wedding and there's like some confrontation and they basically like spill the cake everywhere and it's a PR disaster. Oh, no. And so they have to basically pretend to be friends for like a weekend or something. But it's like over the course of that weekend, they realize that they're both humans and they're like actually in very similar positions because they've like grown up with these like powerful families mm -hmm. and um, they fall in love. And it's like 
just so great because, and it's just like so smart and like the text and their emails to each other and like the history from both countries and just like they introduce each other to their families and it's like, can they come out and like be a couple to the world? Because like Henry, I think he's like not, I think he's, he's got an older brother. So it's not like he's in line to be king, but like still oh, okay. he's like expected to like marry a woman and have like, and, like there's like so much. Their love is so pure and they <laughs> care about each other so much and they're such different personality types. And it's just like a very, beautiful romance and every single person on planet earth should read it it this ha- it has been optioned it's going to be like a movie or a series or something on amazon oh oh wow greg berlanti got it do you feel like a, a movie or a series would be best like having read it like what do you think would as a fan of it mm-hmm. what would you ideally like to see it as that's a tough one because because it's kind of a nice bookended story with yeah. like a beginning middle end in that sense, I feel like it's a movie, but there's just so much detail. And, like, oh, okay. it's so much. Like, it's it's a pretty lengthy book. It's over 400 pages long. Oh, okay. Um, in some regards, I'd like it to be a series just so nothing gets left out. Yeah. But it feels more like a movie. So oh, interesting. That my answer is to not answer that. Cool. <laughs> so it's out today, May 14th. Um, <laughs> so everyone go buy it and go read it. Nice. What are you reading? I'm not far into this book I'm reading right now, but it is the second book of the Crazy Rich Asians called China Rich Girlfriend by Kevin Kwan. And it follows the characters that you met and love in Crazy Rich Asians. Nick Young and Rachel Chu are getting married. And it is a complete secret from their, from Eleanor Young. Eleanor is Nick's mother. And at the end of Crazy Rich Asians, spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't seen it or read it, Nick does propose, but like there's such contention between Nick and his mother about this match. Like she does not think Rachel is good enough for, for Nick or for their family. So they basically stop talking and like they're just, Nick and his mother? Yeah. Wow. they're Yeah, they, that's what happens at the end of... I mean, in the... Because I didn't read the book. So oh, like, okay. in the movie, they kind of make it seem like it's all okay because... Oh, okay. Remember, he... I mean, if you haven't seen this, stop listening immediately. Yeah. But in the movie, what happens is he, he like, you know, she... During Mahjong, she's like, I know you're not going to like me, so that's why I'm setting Nick free because I don't want him to choose between right, me and right. you. Right, right. And then it's like he re chases Rachel down on the plane and reproposes yeah. with his mother's ring. Yeah. So you're kind of left to believe that like she ended up thinking Oh, oh that's like, thinking, I guess that's know. right. Yeah. So that's weird because the book does end like in a more harsh manner of like, no, like the mom is not okay with this to the point where like Nick is completely off on his own without the, his family's money mm-hmm. so he's just living life with rachel in the states and really only has contact still with astrid his cousin who like they have a close relationship with who's played by Gemma chan in the movie we love her uh yeah she's great i think you definitely get way more of astrid in the book too and it's interesting to see where given especially where the book and the movie end where astrid's character picks up i won't give it away but there's like stuff that's happening within her life too mm-hmm. that you're like oh i thought you were headed in a different direction but you're still on the same path i guess so oh, is she trying to win over her husband who's no good i mean they're like fully together and it's like not even like it's not even like this whole the, the whole scandal that went down it's like as if nothing happened almost so i extreme. think it, it is very like of that elite group too like they want to just keep going as if nothing's wrong so i think that's what they're trying for right now so we'll see i'm not far into it but it is 
there's so much detail in the book, like with all the different cousins and all the different family dynamics that are being played out. What I love about it is like you do get, there isn't one narrator throughout the whole thing. So then when there's like Astrid's character, you hear Astrid's point of view. And then when it's Eleanor, you hear Eleanor's point of view sort of thing. So it, and it very seamlessly goes through all those different perspectives. So that's what's really cool about the book. I highly recommend you check Crazy Rich Asians out. And I'm sure I'm going to love the rest of China Rich Girlfriend. So that one too. And I think there's a third one after that. I think there is so, too. Yeah. Um, quick question. Do yeah. you feel like you have to read Crazy Rich Asians in order to get what's happening in China Rich Girlfriend? I think so, because it picks up right after. I mean, no, I think even if you read, even if you've seen the movie, I think there's a lot that's missing from the movie. Yeah, it sounds like they had completely yeah. different endings. I mean, it's just, they did, I think. And it's just, you know, the surface level of what happens in the book. Mm-hmm. So such great characters. So check it out. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. All right. Speaking of high powered women, let's talk. Let's jump into Emma Approved. Uh, previously on Emma Approved, we got to see firsthand just how similar the future Mrs. James Elton and Emma Woodhouse really are. We were like, oh, she must be so different from Emma, but they're... There was some uh, comparisons made Mm -hmm. that actually Emma gets into a little more in this next episode, episode 45, Mirror Mirror, written by Angelique Hannis. Basically, Emma starts off by sort of ranting about how she's not a hair-flipping, like, snapping, mean, rude socialite. Mm -hmm. And then she flips her hair. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still in planning mode for the engagement party. Like, I feel like this engagement party is never going to happen because, like, they're just stuck in the planning stage for so long because, like, Caroline is so detailed and Emma is also very detailed but they're like butting heads the entire way through because Emma's trying to do her best to like do what's best for the client. But Caroline is so particular that it's impossible to like guess at this point what she wants without like her just like correcting them all in like the most condescending manner. So that's still happening. (laughs) I mean, yes, I think something that we learn more of in this episode is that Caroline has some very unrealistically high expectations yeah. which is interesting because i think it's either in this episode or the next episode nightly says something like emma also has unrealistically high expectations but this this is next level first of all i would like to mention the epic when emma's done talking about um ah, we're the not intro similar. we yeah, have yeah. nothing in common we cut to her and caroline sitting next to each other and caroline is just mindlessly stroking her beautiful long mermaid hair (laughs) like she is the little mermaid i wanted to give her a fork or like a dingle hopper in the movie just so she could like brush out her hair and she's like i'm having a really good hair day and she just wants the world to know yeah it's not like we don't notice it like we see your long glossy hair (laughs) caroline then they go into talking about the food for the engagement party and as we previously heard Caroline and the senator on are on a macrobiotic diet. So like the chef that Emma has hired or maybe that they chose would not be able to like fully do a meal that's like macrobiotic. So Emma's trying to like shift things around me like, oh, we can get someone who can do your meal and then the rest everyone else's meal can be macrobiotic inspired. And I think you actually have here what the definition is. Yeah. So I mean, because, you know, we're in LA, a million people are on a million diets at any given time and they all mean different things and who knows which ones work and which ones don't. Yeah. But I was curious to know what was so limiting about a macrobiotic diet. And according to Wikipedia, macrobiotic diet is a diet fixed on ideas about types of food drawn from Zen Buddhism. 
The diet attempts to balance the supposed yin and yang elements of food and cookware. Major principles of macrobiotic diets are to reduce animal products, eat locally grown foods that are in season, and consume meals in moderation. That's kind of big in general, but something that Emma brings up is um, if we give everyone macrobiotic diet, it's not like this chef makes spiced, like really spicy food, and uh, macrobiotic diet does not really support that level of spice. Why don't we give your food delicious macrobiotic inspired? food and then you can have actual macrobiotic boring plain food. You would have the actual macrobiotic meal and everyone else would have the inspired ones. Emma, this is silly. You're going through far too much trouble to accommodate everyone. That's kind of the job. Well, let me make things easier for you. It's also not a lot just to get someone else to like cook a meal for two and then the chef who's already hired can still do everyone else. Like that's not a big deal at mm-hmm. all. But Caroline is just like, I don't know. She just, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't. <laughs> I can't understand what her thinking is. We but literally she, can't relate to one of the characters because no. she's so needy. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I think it's not even like, oh, Emma can't do this. It's more like, I don't want Emma to succeed. So I'm going to kind of find a way to tear this down so that I'm right. I'm more right and I'm more capable of doing Emma's job. So yeah, she does like text her friends. She fires this talented chef. I'm, I'm sure he's great and is like, no, I can handle it. I'm very well connected and blah, blah, blah. Again, it's just like trying to put her foot just like right in front of Carol, uh, right in front of Emma. So she's like, I'm a little better than you and I'm getting this done way faster. You spent all week or however long doing this. Like I just text a friend and like it's done. Yeah. And I think what you like going from the point you just made, I, it's a working with Caroline because it's funny because Emma spends a lot of time complaining about Caroline to Knightley and he's like I don't get why you're upset (laughs) like she's just a client this is what you do you deal with difficult people all the time but with Caroline it's like every move she makes is meant to like have Emma bring up just enough ideas so she can like poo poo them and say that's not good enough yeah I have I'm the one with the solution and so I don't know she's kind of using Emma's services but also kind of not like she's able to say make this happen for me you yeah, know yeah but yeah. she wants her to go to the trouble of thinking of ideas and like bending over backwards to please her and then saying oh you really have to do that you yeah know? it's a theme that is happening with caroline and elton and it's it's like very interesting because it like it makes me question their psychology it makes me wonder what James has told Caroline. And it's something I also want to get into at the with the next episode because that's very, like, Harriet heavy. Yeah. Because, <sighs> you know, he sought out her services as a matchmaker. Um, and then he developed feelings for her. And he was like, I think we're a good match and on all these levels and I like you. And she's like, I really don't want you. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. You're my client. It's, it's unprofessional. And I don't have those feelings for you. And he was hurt by that. And, like, he has a right to be hurt by that. But then he went and found another woman and he's like, let me get revenge on the girl who just rejected me. Let me show her what she's missing. And it's just Mm -hmm. like that attitude that he's like bringing into his engagement party. And I'm like, is this how you live your life? I can't fathom that. Like every time someone kicks you down, you're like, you're on my list and I'm coming for you. Yeah. yeah, It's very Cersei of him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why Caroline's mean to Harriet because she knows like that was – Emma's match for him or who she thought would be good for Elton. And she's like, this, this compared to me, like, come on. 
And it makes me wonder, is Caroline in any way jealous of Harriet? Because in a way, I would think that she should be more jealous of Emma, because even though Emma was trying to set Elton up with Harriet, he was the one who had feelings for Emma. So shouldn't she be trying to be like, even though she's like, not nice to Emma, she's a lot nicer to her than she is to Harriet. She treats Harriet like trash. Yeah. I have no idea because I feel like she's secure in that fact that she won, right? Yeah, she so won. she's like, she doesn't care about really what they think, but it's still like almost like this. She did want to see them still. I don't know. Or maybe it's that she's not secure in that she won, you know, like it's not enough to get the guy. It's like getting the guy and then showing every single person that she's way happier than mm-hmm. they are. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's, we should like talk to, about that more in this episode right. because then Elton comes in, Ugh. like they spend some time talking about the macrobiotic diet and firing yeah. the chef. And then Elton swoops in and they start like preaching all this garbage that it was hard. Like you and I were rolling our eyes listening yeah. to this because he's like, oh, we're becoming such good friends with Annie and Ryan. Personally, I'm hoping to get some marriage advice from the newlyweds. After all, the best person to get relationship advice from is someone actually in a happy relationship of their own. Hopefully this can be a regular thing, joint dinner parties, vacations. Couples need couple friends. I think it was even awful that when they were like, Oh, they're practically family. When I'm like, Emma's best friends with Annie. Mm-hmm. Like, she helped put together, she helped that that wedding, you yeah. know? And she actually introduced them. She's way more family with the Westons than they are because I think we knew that uh, the senator and Ryan Weston followed each other on Twitter, which is how, like, that link to Emma Approved happened in the first place. But, like, who knows how close they were. It's kind of like... The senator, I believe, admired Ryan, and like I think he yeah. might have been an acquaintance, but I don't think they were pals. They weren't. He wasn't invited to the wedding. No. He wasn't invited to the Weston wedding. No. So like the senator is trying to steal Emma's friends now. So like I'm sure the Westons will be invited to this wedding mm-hmm. because even though they weren't invited to his, like to the Westons, he's like, oh, now inviting all my new friends into this and like trying to take ownership of Ryan and Annie, trying to like literally steal every part of Emma's life around her. Not only that, but Caroline is going to ask uh, Annie to do the dessert yeah, for the engagement party. awful is that? Rude. <laughs> uh, it's very rude because it's interesting. Like in my mind, I'm like, Caroline, aren't you the type to want to pay for everything so you can demand yeah. things? Because when people do things for free for you, you can't be as demanding, you know? I, I feel like they'll still pay her, but it's like they're going to do the thing where it's like a short turn around and she's gonna have to make so many desserts in that short amount of time which is funny because emma brings up like the fact that it's not macrobiotic so it's basically just gonna be fruit and then elton's like well we can you know we can uh stretch that a little bit it'll be fine Mm -hmm. and caroline's totally fine with it when it comes from elton but like the idea of it coming from emma she's like no never how dare you it's less than perfection Mm -hmm. this is what you want this is what you like you're fine with like not me (laughs) and this is like one of those moments where their coupley moments are on display because he comes in and it's so gross and they're like making out and she's like we're so excited to get to know Annie and Ryan as a couple. We can't wait to do couple things yeah. with them. And like, we're you probably, so in love. And you, and you can't come, Emma, because you're not part of a couple. Yeah. And like, that's really poisonous. Which again, <laughs> Elton came in just to tell her that, by the way, we moved up the reservation, the dinner reservation. That's the only reason mm-hmm. he went into Emma approved. Mm-hmm. Yep. He could That could have been a phone call. That nope. could have been a text. What, does he live there now? Do they both live there Again, now? Again. 
taxpayer dollars. Don't you live in Sacramento? <laughs> Who is taking care of the state right now? Who is running California? I don't know. <laughs> At the very end, she's like, and I'm glad I could make your life better. And I cringed very, very hard because I was like, Because she touched her shoulder too and was like, said, okay. used again, used Emma's phrase against her to be like, to like tear her down again, to be condescending again, be like, I got the last word again. I got the man. I'm doing the party all by myself. And also I'm making your life better and leaves. And it's like, how, how dare you, Caroline? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of even when, when Lizzie and Caroline had their own confrontation. And I think it did take a while for Lizzie to get to a point where she was like, you know what, Caroline? You have, like, you clearly are playing a game and I don't want to play it. So whatever it is, like, have a good life. I'm going on to live my own life. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Emma doesn't want to do that at all. She's just like, she's still trying to play the game. Yeah. And like still, because they are equally matched. Like, so she is trying to keep up or like trying to still best Caroline. And this is her client. Yeah, exactly. It is definitely. Yeah. But you're right. Cause I was just like, right before you said that, I was thinking back to like, cause I know I didn't like Caroline in the Lizzie Bennett diaries. Like she was our villain. She was our antagonist. And like, you know, she was trying to keep Jane and Bing apart because mm-hmm. she was like, I don't think she, like it's kind of back to the um, crazy rotations thing. You know, she's like, you're not one of us. You're not one of the family. Yeah. You're, you don't have a place here. Yeah. And so, you know, Lizzie was just a girl sticking up for her sister. This is different because Caroline is a client and she is allowed to make these demands. She's paying for the right to make these demands. The game must be played. Yeah. Ugh. So with that, let's go to the next episode, episode 46, Cruel Intentions, also written by Angelique Canis. This is where we see so we see Harriet rise from the ashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caroline is back in the office. Okay. They're talking. Because she lives there now. Talking party planning. Harriet is supposed to be part of this meeting and she's prepared as she's been doing this entire time. Harriet has like really prepared for these meetings and for this, for like her part of helping with this party like she went and found like all those venues she like did all that research and all the different stuff and for this part she's finding like the music and they're now going to be presenting those options to caroline but caroline wants to hear nothing harriet is saying this entire time she's not wanted to even look at harriet like she barely makes eye contact with harriet so rude so rude like if she could put up a wall she would have put up a wall yeah so the idea of harriet even like proposing anything she doesn't want to hear it so she kind of just like kicks harriet out yes she kind of makes up this thing about oh i'd love to try these vegan desserts at this bakery that's like kind of out of the way so like hopefully traffic's not good you can get them on your lunch run and that's when Emma, again, tries to stick up for Harriet and say she doesn't do this work anymore because she's been promoted. And she's like, like, she says, that's too bad. And I hate it when people say, like, she got a promotion. That's the best thing that can ever happen in your career. God bless Harriet wants to be a team player. And so she's like, no, that's fine. Like, I'll get it. And she, like, leaves dejected. And, like, the second she leaves, Caroline's like, okay, let's talk music. And I'm like, that's Harriet's whole thing. She's the music expert. Yeah. And then she goes and just, like, is at her desk and is about to start crying. Yeah, poor Harry. When Harriet. Knightley comes up. Previously, as we saw, 
uh, Emma said, you know, I'm handling this whole Caroline deal. I can't also, like, take care of Harriet. So Knightley, this is Knightley stepping up and, like, watching out for Harriet and being like, you know what? Emma can't be in full mentor mode right now, so I'm going to step in and do that a little bit. Thank you, Knightley. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For being a good coworker. Yeah. Workplace proximity associate, if you will. Yes. Look, you deserve to be here. Don't let anyone tell you differently, not even you. That does help Harriet to like, all right, you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm going to go back in there. And she comes up with a brilliant solution because Mm -hmm. she does go back into the room. Caroline is like shocked at the idea that Harriet still exists. So (laughs) Harriet says like, oh, I got like a delivery place to like bring the cupcakes and lunch is on the way. And also here's the music. Despite Caroline's efforts to get rid of Harriet, Carol, or Harriet is in the room and is going to finally be able to present her options. Yeah, no, she's really fighting for her position as event coordinator. You yeah. Know? Like, she's, like, in a way, Caroline's trying to demote her. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Knight, I mean, Knightley's pep talk is great because he says, you know, it doesn't matter what Caroline thinks. It matters what Emma thinks. It matters what I think. And yeah. you think you're doing a great job and that you deserve this promotion. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I do. So she handles the cupcake lunch situation, and then she barges in there, and she's like, hi there, I handled all of the errand boy stuff you wanted (laughs) me to do, errand girl, and here's an idea, Uh, there's a book of presidential letters that these presidents wrote to their wives, because you're going to be like... The fr- he, he, he didn't James Elton call her that in the last episode too. He's first like first lady. lady. Yeah, like, yeah. That must sound beautiful to Caroline. <laughs> yeah, first oh, yeah. lady Caroline Elton. Yeah. For example, Roosevelt's letters to his wife were all about the little things: her smile, the way she slept, her laugh. It's a bit romantic. Go on. So we dedicate a song from Teddy to Alice, and we play the Gershwins. They can't take that away from me. It's a classic. <laughs> I admit that is original. Caroline is basically like, you know, it doesn't suck. Yeah, Let's basically. Do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's that must be a huge win for like someone who's like just so bound and determined to hate all of your ideas. Yeah. To just be like, <laughs> this is this is okay. All like, right. <laughs> she says yes with like a hard line on her face. Yeah. Just like, yeah, all yeah. right, fine. So even with Knightley being so encouraging to Harriet, I think it is starting to plant more of that crush that Harriet's going to start to develop for Knightley. Because even when Emma's like, by the way, you should like, Knightley, you should start to like step in with Harriet because I can't handle it. I was like, oh no, like more time between Knightley and Harriet. Like Harriet's only going to develop a crush on Knightley. And like him being so sweet and being so nice and like uplifting her is definitely going to add to that. (laughs) No, like I like clocked during their conversation when he's like, you know, Emma sings your praises, and I sing your praises. I'm like, Knightley. First of all, he makes it very difficult not to have a huge crush on him. Like, let's just get that out of the way right now, because he's, like, so supportive mm-hmm. and so understanding and so nice, and he just listens to you, and <laughs> that's, like, you know, stuff you want in a, like, boyfriend-type figure, and I don't blame Harriet at all for when she looks back and thinks, oh, I wonder if he liked me. Like, this is one of those moments that she's going to reflect on when he's like, I really like and yeah. appreciate you. Because I, I think she knows that Emma appreciates her and she knows that, like, Emma really cares about her. But this is, like, hearing it from Knightley. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I think before, too, it was, like, 
Emma telling Harriet, like, we all appreciate you. Knightley appreciates you. But now she's hearing it from Knightley. And the fact that he came to her office and, like, wanted to check in on her and see what's wrong and, like, get her back in the back in the meeting. That's so, how they get you. <laughs> yeah. So all these little things are, like, building up in Harriet's mind. And we don't fully see it yet. But again... We know what's going to happen. <laughs> we know what's coming. We know enough to know that we need to look here and be like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep an eye out. So this feels like the final planning stages of the party. So we still have a little more of Caroline and Elton. So with that, let's go to the comments where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired, starting with episode 45. The Echo says, uh, quoting Elton, after all, the best person to get relationship advice from is someone actually in a happy relationship of their own. Shots fired. Mm-hmm. Lots of shots fired. Then we get a very long comment from Caroline Prince, who says, For probably the first time in this entire series, I find myself disagreeing with Alex and his assertion that Emma and Caroline are similar. I really think Al should be able to witness his tr- the treatment of Emma and give her the support she needs. Emma looked really shattered there, especially after Elton's dick about relationship advice. She could have used a friend there. I don't like this commenter called Alex Al. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I don't care for that. But I do think it's an interesting point of view that, like, because you and I are sitting back here like, yep, they're similar. They're very similar. And we've got someone here who's like, actually, like, he should be stepping up. He shouldn't be telling her to just suck it up. He should be acting like a friend. Yeah, I think that's where he is more business nightly than friend nightly, and he's not seeing the actual distress that Emma is under. He's just like, this is a client. They're paying a lot of money. Chop, chop. I'm handling my end. You handle your end. Their checks are clearing. Yep. Mac and Make says, I hate them so much. Ugh. In all caps. In all caps. It's very important. From episode 46, Nerd Girls for the Wind say, says, oh my gosh, when they both did a quick glance back at each other as Alex left after the pinky promise, yes, it seems I am beginning the obsessing over every tiny nuance phase. Also, kick some butt, Harriet. Loved her getting in to take charge and be confident. Yeah, I forgot about the little pinky promise thing. Oh yeah, we kind of like skipped the intro. Like it was just sort of Alex and Emma talking. Yeah. Like, it was her complaining about um, Caroline. Caroline. And Alex being like, suck it up, rub some dirt in it. I yeah. Mean, he didn't say that. No, but, but that. That, that's when she's like, you know, take care of Harriet, I'll take care of Caroline sort of thing. And they pinky swear. Yeah. And like, Alex does it by like, kissing the other end of his hand. Yeah. And Emma's like, what? And we're all like, oh, he kissed. And he was kissing, <laughs> even though it was his own hand. Yeah. SR says... I feel like we can finally begin to see how genuine Emma is because she came off pretty arrogant and overbearing in the beginning, but that's just her character. <laughs> She's a truly good friend slash person and makes the world a better place. And I feel like now we're beginning to see our brave heroine. Go, Emma! Yay! The ladies of Emma approved are winning. Yes. M. Brown says, I think Alex is the anchor for not only Emma, but Harriet also, and I'm happy that he gave her a pep talk. Harriet was so amazing by taking command of the last half of the episode by putting Caroline in her place. It was fantastic. Now, where is Miss Jane Fairfax? Mm. This is turning into the Darcy saga where we didn't see Darcy until episode 61. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's great to see Harriet step up more. I think she's definitely gaining more confidence and finally believing all of the great positive things that Emma is always telling her. So Mm. I think there's still more growth for Harriet, but like she's definitely stepping into more of that leadership role, which is Mm -hmm. cool. And then we still have the engagement party, which is still to come. 
Final stretch of the planning. We're almost there. <laughs> almost, almost, almost. I almost kind of don't want the planning to end. I know. Because that means it has to happen. And in order for it to happen, Harriet has to be, it's a, you know, fiasco. You know, yeah. I know. Yep. We all know. But I just don't want it to happen. <laughs> this episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. <laughs>